Um, well, my story has very little to do with journalism, uh, so we'll take a break from that. Uh, I am like so many people here in Nashville in that uh, I am currently in my fallback career because I was trying to make in the music business. So uh, I will also tell you, though, now as a bona fide journalist, I really have to think hard through this story because it, it, someone needs to get a fact checker on this story because it feels like it is not entirely true. But to the best of my knowledge, and I have run a few things by a few friends, in fact, in the last week, just to make sure most of these things did happen, uh, I think we're mostly accurate. So uh, I grew up in East Nashville. I went to um, school across town, uh, but I had a love, uh, as many kids do, I suppose, of beating on things. Um, and I remember very well, my mom was a school teacher, and I guess her principal or something had some extra snare drum laying around the house. And so, I don't know, it was up for grabs this was before Craigslist, and so uh, it was... It was hawked onto my mom, and, and uh, so she brought it home, and I started drumming. And I don't know why any parent in their right mind would let their child get into drumming, but they tried to steer me into sort of percussion, you know, the honest part of drumming, but I was, of course, wanting to hit the drum set. And I remember very vividly the Christmas morning that I got my first drum set. It was a sparkle green vintage Slingerland set. And, uh, you know, I was still at the age where you're getting up way before anyone should be getting up on Christmas morning, pre-dawn, and the drums are there, and I can't help myself, and so I'm playing. <laughs> and the neighbors uh, decide, they figure they can hear the drums anyway, so they just come over so they can see for themselves, you know, here at 5.30 in the morning on Christmas morning. And I uh, am just sort of smitten with the drums. And now, I will say, I'm not big on playing the drums by myself. Uh, they're just not a great solo instrument. I mean, I've heard some good soloist drummers, but I'm not one of them. I need a band. And so uh, I would always, I mean, so I needed the group thing. Now, I will say my parents, even when I was, you know, in fifth, sixth grade playing the drum set, they tried to get me, to be honest again, played the trombone, gave that up, hit the drum line. And so I, I am drumming away. And then I'm at this period, you know, eighth grade, ninth grade, uh, it's time to get a band together. And so uh, I, I, almost every Friday night I can remember of this time, I'm over at my friend Grant Jenkins' house. We're in his basement. Of course, my mom in the van has brought all of my drums over, and we're setting them up, and we are just rocking out power chords and cymbals just all night long. Silver chair was our, our jam at the, that moment. I, I don't know why. Um, <laughs> So I, you know, I'm playing in bands and talent shows and that kind of thing. And uh, even some bands that, that were big enough that we had a name or had to come up with one anyway. One I remember in particular, by this time our taste had sort of changed. We were more into the uh, Dave Matthews band era. And so uh, we wore Hawaiian shirts and Birkenstocks as we played. And our name was Dreaming Out Loud, which we thought was really <laughs> clever. And... Um, now, drumming, not a great thing for a soloist. Uh, and so you, you have to do something to impress girls. And, you know, a drum solo is never going to do that. So I, I learned to play the acoustic guitar a little bit. And um, 
and and I, some of my favorite music was by this band, Real Underground. Now this is this is at the beginning stage of Napster, where you could download music and burn CDs. I didn't have a CD burner or cable internet, but I had a friend who did, and so I'd go burn CDs. Stephen Speaks was the name of this band, and so I'd download some of the music, learn it, learn the learn the songs. In fact, a friend of mine, we, we played, we, we were going away to college to the same school, and we played in a, such a cheesy way uh, at Percy Warner Park, uh, the leaving song by Stephen Speaks to our friends before we head off to Texas to go to school. Well, I ended up going to a school um, where uh, this, this band they went to, or some of the members did at some point, and uh, Abilene Christian University is what it's called. And so I show up on campus, and uh, I end up meeting this guy, T.J. McLeod. Pretty hot stuff. And uh, turns out they need a drummer. And so uh, I get an invite to play drums with Stephen Speaks. Now, I didn't realize they were, they were, they were not as famous as I thought. And... <laughs> So, uh, but, you know, I mean, we would actually get paid for some gigs. Now, not enough to cover gas money, but, you know, we'd, we'd drive halfway across Texas to play at some little church, or we'd go, we'd be in, you know, West Arkansas playing at some uh, Christian college there, and, uh, you know, we were having a pretty good time. So what happened next was a little um, surprising, to say the least. It was my sophomore year, 2002, and we go home for Thanksgiving break, and uh, we get a call. I say we as if I was, I'm on the coattails here, okay? <laughs> but the guys got a call that apparently Stephen Speaks was the hottest thing since the Backstreet Boys in the Philippines. Now, <laughs> you have to remember that this is, it's not pre-internet, but it's pre, like, everything's Googleable, And so we're skeptical, excited, <laughs> but skeptical, and uh, we uh, continue to get these phone calls from some kind of management producer. We don't know what we're doing. We're just taking phone calls from, from strangers. But they say, um, your song, Passenger Seat, has hit uh, number one on the radio charts in the Philippines. Uh, and we find that really difficult to believe. Um, <laughs> But uh, they keep talking to us. They say, we got to get you to the Philippines. Uh, we got to do a tour in the Philippines. Like, Philippines, aren't these these little islands in the Pacific Ocean? Well, it turns out there's a lot of people who live in the Philippines. And so they plan us a tour that we're going to come over and, and do, I don't know, five shows, um, mostly in Manila. And so we, we think, what are we, what are we supposed to do? We've got to, uh, I guess if we're famous there, we're going to have to shoot a music video. Apparently MTV Asia really needed a music video to play for us. So we throw something together out in the woods. I'm playing drums in the woods. What I, whose ideas were these? I don't know. We, we had to take a, a band uh, portrait because we didn't have that. So, you know, we took one where, you know, I'm kind of in the front doing this number. <laughs> Because they said they needed it for a billboard, which also seemed unbelievable to us. But, uh, you know, we're just 20 years old, so we'll do whatever someone says. Well, um, so we, we end up planning a trip. We sort of screw up our whole semester by trying to plan a two-week trip to the Philippines in the middle of it. 
we, uh, I remember it very well. We were spending the night at my future in-law's house. The next morning at like three in the morning, we cram into their conversion van, all seven of us, and they take us to the DFW airport. We get on a 747, we head to Manila, and we show up, and it is very different than being crammed into a conversion van. There's, it, it is if it is the movies where you've got the security waiting for you with your name on it. They, they shuttle us into black, you know, a black town car, and they're, they're, they're driving us past the billboard so we can see it, and we're just pinching ourselves. We think, what is happening? This doesn't even make sense to us. They're taking us to the nicest high-rise hotels in Manila, and of course, you have these beautiful high-rise hotels, also a lot of poverty in this city. It seems very strange to us. Um, but we're just looking at each other and cannot believe what is happening. Now, of course, we haven't played a single note yet. Uh, but we, we, the, the next morning, I remember they're shoving us onto a radio show, which we have no idea what we're talking about. We, we, they, they take us to a TV studio, and they, they, they say, hey, you're going to play your songs. We don't even have any instruments. They say, it's fine. Everybody lip syncs. And so we just go on stage, and the song is already playing, and we, and we haven't even made it to our instruments yet. Uh, and so we, we, we have these shows. We finally uh, we show up, and, and it turns out that there were truly uh, thousands, tens of thousands of fans of Stephen Speaks. And, and do we have a little bit of video? Okay, just for a second. You have to see, okay? <laughs> We felt pretty awesome. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there were screaming fans, and I, don't, I think we played four or five nights, and it was, uh, it was out of this world. I mean, we uh, thought, I guess this is it. We've made the big time. You know, we had a song, uh, we, we had one song that made number one, then another song made it to number one. Uh, you know, you do need a taste of it, don't you? Uh, here's the hook. I have got all that I need right here in the passenger seat and i can keep my eyes on the road knowing that she's inches from me now that, i didn't i didn't write it didn't sing it but uh somebody had to but uh so we we think that we're getting the taste of what life is about to be like because, I mean, it starts in the Philippines, and then to where? <laughs> you know, by the time we'd wrapped this thing up, been wined and dined, I mean, they were taking us to restaurants. We were showing up, and they were having to sort of shut the restaurant down because the fans were everywhere. Uh, we, we went to some country club on the ocean where we're riding jet skis and playing in the infinity pool, and they're ordering everything on the menu, or three of everything on the menu for us to eat. I mean, it was high on the hog. And, uh, and it felt pretty good. And then uh, we're, we're about to leave. We're about to go home. And they say, you know, we really, we think that you'd do well coming back here. So we'd love to bring you back. And we've got somebody could open for you. Uh, it's a new act. His name's Jason Mraz. And uh, we, we think he'd be great. To um, that happened. So, well, we get home. And, of course, uh, 
no one cares that much. I did write a piece, I recall now, in our school paper, which journalistically, ethically, that's not a great <laughs> model. <laughs> uh, but that's the optimist for you. So uh, that's the name of the paper. Sorry. That, uh, <laughs> well, um, <clears throat> So, you know, we're back on campus feeling pretty good, but, you know, we don't look any different and everyone knows us and we're really not famous. And we uh, are still playing shows, but the kind where, you know, I'm sitting in the back of our lead singer's Pontiac Grand Prix, which is nicer than it sounds, and a uh, two-door car with my feet propped up on his amp, you know, riding four hours to Stillwater, Oklahoma. And it was in Stillwater, Oklahoma, where after, you know, this taste of fame had, uh, had done its damage... Um, we're playing, if I recall, at some frat party where no one is listening, uh, and it's like 40 degrees, and we're playing in the front yard, and that night afterwards, we go to the IHOP, uh, as you always do after a show, and, uh, and that IHOP in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is where the, that version of the Stephen Speaks band broke up. It was a... Yeah, well, everyone has to. I'm not, ca I'm not ruling out a reunion tour at some point. <laughs> and I mean that. <laughs> Our lead singer is in Nicaragua right now, but I mean, he may be just plowing the ground there for our, our <laughs> next destination. So uh, we did break up on the way home, that's true. And, uh, and you know, I ended up in a different career than music. I really didn't ever intend to be in music. I went to school to be in communications so I could be the next David Letterman, which has not happened yet. Uh, I have been able to do some stories for public radio that air nationally.